You're listening to the Demeter Research Market View Podcast. I'm Matt Demeter, and with me is Alex Devorkin. Each week, we follow the price action of currencies, commodities, and global stock markets, and we discuss their expected moves in the weeks ahead. We base our opinions on a unique form of technical analysis and on commitment of trader reports, which reveal the position of big banks, the smart money. Show notes can be found at DemeterResearch.com audio. Did we make a good call or a bad call? We're happy to stand on our record, so email us at matt at DemeterResearch.com. Matt, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you, Alex? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Um, I know you're a huge uh, Duke fan, so I'd like to congratulate you on winning. Um, did you do anything fun for that? or? Uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a watch party for it, so uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. It was a pretty dramatic game. Yeah, and they were, uh, by, uh, they were down by nine, and it looked looked a little bit hopeless at that point. And then uh, they had a big rally. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of surprised. I, was, I only watched maybe ten minutes of it, and I actually turned it on when they were down 10, 10 points. And I actually thought of you, and that you were probably pretty upset. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they they had a strong comeback. So um, did you win any money? That's the next best question. No, we, we talked about that. I don't. I don't bet on on that kind of thing. We have enough things to uh, to bet money on as far as the uh, stock market and and commodity markets and that sort of thing. Exactly. But uh, I'll tell you what. That you know, I think a lot of people want to see Duke Kentucky that game, and yeah. uh, I mean, I did, and I think a lot of people would have enjoyed that. Uh, Wisconsin. You know, normally I would root for Wisconsin because I actually grew up there. Okay. Uh, but. Uh, uh, they played really hard. It was a good game, and uh, you know, obviously, I was a little bit surprised they beat Kentucky, uh, but uh, you know, they deserved it. Yeah. Well, maybe next year. Um, looks like it's it's probably the, the about the same top top eight, top four. What do you think next for the next year? It's, it's not it's not clear yet because we don't know where you know some some kids are going to the NBA and others are. Uh, you know, you don't know which recruits are coming are going where yet, so it's not really solidified. So it's hard to say who's going to be, you know, in the top ten. But um, so it's it's, uh, it's it's pretty much open field at this point in time, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This year, I'm just happy I I ended up in the top one percent on my ESPN bracket. So I was I was psyched about that. Oh wow! Um, I, I've I've heard some twelve year old kid actually won that whole thing. Is that really? Yeah. You did. Yeah, good for him. Uh, yeah, do you, do you actually get money for that, or how, how does that work? And you know, excuse my ignorance, but I don't really follow um, college basketball too much. Well, on, yeah, if it was on ESPN, then he would have received uh, some sort of uh, State Farm fifty thousand dollars, something like that. Would have been uh, the prize money, I think. Uh, that's nice. Why yeah. is it always the little kids? And you know, in a, um, I'm, I'm sure you've seen uh, articles come out over the last probably a year where a lot of high school kids all of a sudden they they make millions day trading or at least they claim to make millions day trading it's it's always the kids right that 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 make right. that money but <laughs> well, I heard that was kind of a hoax though the, the it was well, one of them was and then you have a few other ones that you know it's it's actually a, a, you know pretty easy to come out and claim that you can make a lot of money day trading penny stocks whatever it is but um, yeah it, it, it appears to be the case where they, a lot, of, quite a few of them come out and say that. But whether or not that's true, uh, I, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> but but they're making us look bad, 
bad because <laughs> they, they, they generating, you know, 10,000% return in a year or whatever that is. But, um, hey, if that's real good for them. <laughs> it's real good for them. I, that's great. Uh, well, it, 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 it is, but, you know, um, Usually, if that's the case, then you, you'll see the same performance over and over again, but you, it rarely happens. Um, so then you end up being somebody like George Soros, you know, in, in a five-year period of time. So, Right. <laughs> yeah, that would not be nice. Yeah. All right. So uh, are you ready to kind of get into the meat of what's going on with the markets and everything else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You want to talk about COTs? Yeah, let's talk about COT. So for those of you who are not familiar with COT reports, and we mention it every time, basically COT reports um, or commitment of traders report indicate what the commercial interests are buying or selling or shorting. And uh, the premise there is we want to be on the same side as commercial interests because sooner or later they're going to be right and the stock market or commodities or currencies will move in that direction. So we don't want to bet against them. We want to ascertain where they are and what they're doing and kind of be positioned on the same same side of the trade, uh, so to speak. So, so Matt, what do you see anything anything new or exciting in, in terms of CRT reports? Yeah, we have some interesting stuff there. Uh, so uh, we've been talking about the Australian dollar a lot. Uh, the commercials ramped up their position by 20,000 contracts from about 100,000 to 120,000. That's a big move. Um, they... Added a little bit to volatility. Uh, volatility, they've been long now for a couple of weeks, and we keep talking about that. Okay. Uh, that that's really interesting how uh, there's so net long volatility. Uh, we'll talk about that later as far as the stock market. Also, they've uh, they've been shorting into the emerging market rally pretty significantly, so that's interesting. Um, the, one, the two that I wanted to sort of focus in on, though, were the British pound and the euro, because I think, and, and, and conversely, the dollar. The, the British pound looks to me to be pretty close to, uh, uh, very close to a bottom. Okay. Uh, it may not be quite there yet, but it's getting, it, it doesn't have a whole lot more to go, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, we have 100, and, uh, the commercials are long, 112,000 contracts, and they're short 7,000. Okay. So net long about, about you know just over a hundred thousand. Okay. That's a big position. Um, that's fifty percent of open interest that they're long. Okay. That's a that's a big deal. So I think the the pound is very close to the bottom, and the COTs agree. Uh, if you look at the euro, uh, the commercials didn't add to their longs in the euro uh, this week, but they were already very heavily long, and that is also close to a bottom, in my opinion. Okay, and conversely, then the dollar is uh, probably close to a top. Right, dollar is close to a top. They are heavily short dollar. Uh, I wasn't totally satisfied with the top we got in the uh, dollar futures, dollar index futures. Okay. Uh, I wanted to go a little bit higher, but now that we're now that we're back at the almost at the prior high, uh, I'm probably going to think about shorting uh, the dollar. Right here, and you know, I might accept a little bit more margin of error in terms of, you know, I do have a line that's higher, although um, it, it's one of those charts where it's the where the line is isn't, isn't perfectly clear. It's got a greater margin of error than most. Okay. So there, and this will be a big. I think this will be a big move. So I, I'm going to nibble. I'm just take a small position. I'm not going to take a large one. 
If we do hit the line exactly, I'll you know I'll take a large larger position. Okay. So we we did have a pretty significant rally in the dollar uh, this week. So you're thinking probably a double top or, or thereabout? Do you think it's going to go a little bit lower, a little bit higher, in, in terms you know, of if of, of topping out? Like you said, we thinking about taking position around these levels, but like I said, I'll, I'll, you know I think there's risk a little bit to go a little bit higher, and there's I have a line that I'd like to see hit a little bit higher. In in generally speaking, I, I think shorting the dollar is not a horrible uh, idea. I think it's a good one, but you just have to accept you know potentially take about a 3% loss to the upside in, uh, in, in dollars. Okay, that makes sense. But do you all think it's going to be a long, long-term structural move as opposed to uh, a short-term move on the dollar in terms of right. for the downside? Right. Okay. Exactly. I think the downside is big enough that it justifies that sort of risk-reward. Risk so if, it, you know, if we have, say, 3%, you know, just let's call it 3% to the upside, we've got you know, over 20% to the downside. Right. And conversely, it's the same situation in in British pound and euro, but on the upside, I would imagine. Right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's that's exciting. I think it kind of lines up with some of the economic data we're looking at. Um, what else do you see out there? As far as the COT reports, I think we pretty much covered it. They, the commercials are heavily long. Just to, re- to recap, they're heavily long. Uh, British pounds, euros, Australian dollars here. Heavily, heavily long Australian dollars. Even though I'm not, even though I'm not quite clear that Australian dollars have bottomed. Okay. Australian dollars is one of those that may have bottomed. I have a line that it's sitting on. Okay. Uh, but I'm not convinced that is the line, the bottom line that will so, that will reverse the market. So let's say it's probably with a margin of error. Then. Um, well, the next line down is quite a bit further down. So okay. I'm not so if, so if it breaks that line, then we'll probably go, or the Australian dollar will probably go lower. We could, we could. Okay. Uh, longer term, however, you know, I, I've been continually uh, uh, bullish on the Australian dollar. Right. There is a high correlation to gold, though, by the way. And in gold, um, that's part of, gold, has, in my opinion, has not bottomed. And the reason is because it had a very strong support line. I had a, had a chance to reverse from a bear market to a bull market. Okay. Uh, it broke that support line, and by breaking it, it, it was a very clear break, and it was a very clear pattern, and that means that gold needs to move down to the next uh, target support, which it has not hit yet, and it's still not that close to yet. So getting back to the Australian dollar, as I said, there's a high correlation with gold. That may mean that you know Australian dollar does have a bit further to go. But when it does, and it finally hits, and, the gold, and gold finally hits, uh, we get really big, really big runs to the upside. Okay, so that's interesting. That makes a little bit of sense. And uh, gold bounced somewhat from the March uh, bottom, and I, I think you called that bottom perfectly. Um, I remember you covered your short position at the time. Um, so maybe a little bit more of a bounce and then a reversal in gold, and uh, a trillion dollar will just keep going lower to your to your secondary level before. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, but yeah, I don't think as I as I mentioned, I don't think it's, you know gold's done. Uh, so on the downside, but when it is, that will be a very big, big, big uh, bottom, I think. And we'll have, we could, you know, at that point again, we could reverse from what has been a bear market to, you know, a raging bull market. Yeah. Do Do you think it might take? And the, the reason I'm asking that is because uh, I'll bring forth a fundamental 
analysis in terms of when I think that's going to happen. But um, do you think that might take a couple of months or even maybe as long as a year? What are your time targets on that? I'd prefer that it happen in, in the next few months from uh, set because I want multiple lines to be satisfied, and, and that could happen if it was in the next two or three months. Uh, but that's not necessary. Uh, it often doesn't do exactly what you want. Uh, so uh, it's more of a price level thing than it is a time a time thing for me. Okay. So once I see the line touched, it doesn't matter if it's you know tomorrow or if it's uh, a year from now. Once that line is touched that pattern will complete and the reversal will, will take place. Okay. Well, uh, fundamentally speaking, I mean, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of perfect theory would be that, you know, we Fed tries, either tries or does raise interest rates a little, uh, you know, a couple, couple of times and we have a significant recession, the stock market decline, and then they come back and say we're going to introduce another level or we're going to cut interest rates back to zero, we're going to introduce another QE. And it, it is at a point in time that uh, probably gold and uh, everything else that we've been talking about kind of just higher. What do you think? That makes sense. Uh, they might be preempted by, you know, bad data again. We had a bad jobs report this last one. That could happen again. And then, you know, at that point, they keep pushing out how long we, we think the interest rate, you know, hike will come. Yeah. But, you know, if, if, if we keep getting these 200,000-plus 200 200, you know, jobs reports, then I think you're right. Then you know once you know once we get to June or whenever it's expected that they'll they'll hike. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe a pivot point. Well, I'm not entirely confident that they will hike. Uh, I think economic data that's going to be coming out over the next couple of months is going to be uh, to the downside. So, uh, like right. you said, they might continue either completely forego it, and that might trigger your your move uh, much sooner than I. For, for one anticipate but um, yeah so that's right. uh, that's the situation there no so we're on the same page uh, what do you think about uh, the stock market US well, stock market uh, the stock market you know it's uh, I told my subscribers last week that you know they shouldn't get too excited about the, the jobs report in terms of the downside that the market presented at that time you know the futures were down 200 points on Friday uh, when the market was closed but um yeah, it's it's more or less behaving as anticipated. Um, I, you know, can be more specific than that, uh, particularly uh, subscribers. But what I'm going to say is that if you look at the technical composition of the stock market, it's 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 getting very weak um, and getting weaker. And um, I, I think in a, in a prolonged period of distribution over the last couple of months, actually. Um, seven to nine months, depending on which stock indices or index you're looking at. Um, and I think that's either going to continue or we're going to have a, a pretty significant sell-off over the next couple of months that will catch a lot of people by surprise. So that's what I'm kind of looking at. I don't think there is uh, too much upside left in the market, but um, there's there's a lot of risk. So that, that would be my kind of view on it. Right, we've mentioned this many times, I, I, and I agree. And I think that we, especially where we ended at uh, 2100 in the S&P on Friday, I think uh, there isn't a whole lot more to go. Uh, if you look at what we were just talking about with volatility futures, the commercials obviously, you know, they've gone heavily long volatility. They see at least a sell-off coming. Right, and, and the, so, yeah, no, go ahead. 
Uh, no, I was just going to say that volatility, you know, for, for those of you who follow volatility, and I know you have much more experience um, in, in that region than I do, but it's, it's pushing all-time lows once again. And uh, last time that happened was in September, I believe, of last year. And then we had a big October sell-off, if you remember. So we might find ourselves in a very similar situation over the next couple of months. Um, and I, I think the commercials are doing the right thing, going long to volatility. Uh, I think it's going to pay off. They can they can sort of make it pay off, so to speak, <laughs> if they want to. That's, uh, the, the, that's true. Yeah, I, I think we're going to have a little bit more downside in volatility, uh, but it, we're we're getting close enough that uh, it could even happen this week. We're in the ball we're in the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, the uh, interestingly, my uh, patterns in the Nikkei are getting close to. Uh, Toppy levels where I would expect a reversal. Okay. So uh, Nikkei also doesn't look so so hot. The one that's a little bit surprising to me is uh, DAX. Uh, I have I follow some patterns in DAX volatility. Okay. And in that, um, I see there's more downside uh, in DAX volatility to go. So that means that you know the DAX may have you know more to rise, and and that seems to fit with you know my overall patterns there. Okay. So while I'm, you know, if, if I had to take my pick between these three markets, I would, you know, be more bearish U.S., more bearish Nikkei, and uh, it's it, they'll probably all synchronize at some point. And they'll all sell off, but I think DAX is the one that's isn't right at a sell-off point just yet. Okay, and uh, uh, just a, a, a quick interruption, but uh, for those of you who are not familiar with DAX, Matt is talking about the German stock market, basically. Um, what do you think about uh, the the Asian markets, particularly Hinseng? Uh, it, it went parabolic over the last. It actually had an article about it on on my blog, uh, suggesting that this might indicate a blow off top, not only for Asian markets, but uh, for a cyclical s- s- sort of a structural top for. Worldwide, worldwide markets, uh, particularly you know the Japan, the the Europe, and and the U.S. Um, any any kind of feedback or ideas in regards to that? Well, I don't have a. I actually don't follow the, the Hang Seng. I okay. really should, but um, in terms of China and uh, you know their market, I think. I mean, look. I mean, the weekly RSI is in the high 80s. The daily RSI is also high 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really, you know, you, you run into problems at those levels. I would I would say that we we it may, it may still have even 10 percent more to go on the upside. China. Okay. Well, I mean, if so that if, would be like, like you're saying, a blow off top that would fit with that. Well, I mean, if actually if you look at the chart, it looks very good because it 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 kind of suggests that uh, it broke out. And, you know, at that point in time, it can go as high as it really wants to. My concern is that there's anecdotal evidence coming out of Asia and China in particular that everybody's speculating the, the, the margin went through the roof. Uh, you know, the, the, the weekly RSI that you were mentioning before, um, that indicates that there is a, there is a big problem. And of course, we know that uh, the majority of these rallies over the last couple of years have been caused by, you know, central banks essentially flooding the system with uh, free capital. So right. that that appears to be the case in Asia as well. The question is, is, is this a structural breakout, which what the chart indicates, or is this 
really kind of a purely speculative rally that's it's going to die as fast as it started. And um, my well, my kind of guess at this point in time is that it's it's a it's a cycl well not cyclical but it's a blow off top of of some sort that's going to end very badly for for all of those investors or speculators that are you know taking out or speculating that particular market. Right. Well, I mean, if you look at just the last ten months, the Shanghai Composite has more than doubled. That's a hundred percent move in ten months is pretty pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think you know it, there's more there's more room to the upside, but keep in mind too that uh, as far as I can tell, the from my the chart that I follow uh, on the Shanghai Composite, it has not broken out broken out to a, a new high, and it's going to be approaching old highs from 2007 fairly soon. Okay. That would also be a you know a pretty good place for resistance to come into play. Absolutely, and it's we the the U.S. markets, particularly the Nasdaq, is facing the same situation right now mm-hmm. uh, as we speak. When you know it's a 2,000 double top, a lot of resistance, a lot of cross currents. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. Well, you and I probably have a pretty good idea how it's going to develop and when it's going to develop. But um, that's definitely something I would pay attention to if you were just uh, an investor out there. Sure. So, Alex, uh, what do we have uh, coming up this week as far as uh, economic calendar? And uh, well, uh, we really only have two things. We have retail report on Tuesday, um, and then we have a consumer price index on Friday. Uh, neither one of those are really well. They, I, I guess, they could drive the market, uh, but it's 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 not a biggie, so to speak. Uh, what we do have is earnings. So next week is is heavily. Um, kind of laced with earnings, and um, I think we're gonna getting a fairly good picture of what's going on within corporate America, uh, whether or not dollar impacted uh, the companies, whether or not economic slowdown that I've been talking about on my blog for for the last couple of months has impacted earnings. And I think the stock market will readjust whether either higher or lower based on that. Uh, so that's what's going to be uh, driving the market next week: earnings. Is, is uh, kind of the easiest response. In terms of uh, macroeconomic picture, nothing really is going on. Um, everything is, is still as it was last week, which is probably a good thing. Russia and Ukraine is kind of dying off. Uh, Greece is probably, well, actually nobody really knows what's going on in Greece. Um, but I, I don't think any of those issues will impact the market next week, to be honest with you. And uh, it's going to be earnings. Yeah, that, I mean, earnings is the big deal, so I agree. Yeah, and uh, we we had a couple questions from listeners this week. We don't really have time to get into them, but I have a question for you. Why don't you give us an update uh, in terms of your website? I know you've been uh, incredibly busy um, getting a lot of stuff done, but... Um, when can our listeners anticipate uh, Demeter Research to be up and running? And then uh, I think DNA Investor is another one. Can you give us a, a quick update on that? Well, DNA Investor has been running for a few months now, and it's been okay. doing, actually since the beginning of the year, and it's been doing great. Uh, so by only investing 25 to 30 percent of our capital, uh, we're up seven percent. Nice. Uh, yeah. So on a yeah, no, it's been really good, uh, and. As far as Demeter Research, um, it's up, and we're taking beta subscribers, uh, but we got to get all the kinks out. 
probably a couple more weeks till, till it's fully where I want it to be. And then, uh, uh, you know, we'll open it up more broadly. But for the listeners to this podcast, uh, if they just email me, uh, they can become beta subscribers. And uh, my email, and that's free, and my email is uh, mdemeter at demetercapital.com. Perfect, perfect. Um, anything you're looking forward to in, uh, in terms of next week? Um, any any big moves that you anticipate? Or just uh, what we kind of talked about. Know, I think we covered a lot. I mean, uh, yeah, I think I think those, these currency moves are going to be a big deal. I'm really paying more attention to those things because when they turn, they're going to turn big. I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, if if you don't have anything else, let's kind of close the close it up. Um, unless you have anything. No, I don't. Sounds okay. good. Perfect. Uh, so, Matt, thank you very much uh, for uh, joining us again. And uh, everybody listening, thank you for coming out and listening to this podcast. We'll have another one for you uh, next week. Uh, so hope, hopefully you can come back and, and join us for that uh, one as well. Have a wonderful weekend ahead. Bye-bye.